This morning we're talking about finding our position. Another title I was talking about or thinking about was put me in the game, coach. I'm ready. I don't know any ball player or any player on any sports team that likes to sit the bench. That when they're on the bench, they would rather be playing in the game, get involved. And so it's one of those ideas that when we find our position, when we're ready to get into the game, it's one of those things that we have to decide for ourselves that we want to do. A few years ago, the Gallup poll made several discoveries. It was about the church and volunteering in the church, and they discovered this, that only 10% of American church members are active in any kind of personal ministry. Only 10% we're active in any kind of ministry. So simply one in ten of us are actively engaged in some kind of ministry for God. Let that sink in for just a minute. One in ten. Although I'm going to say that I think our numbers here at West Liberty would be higher than that. Because last, yesterday, 15 of us went to the camp to help with the pancake breakfast. 15 people showed up. That's awesome. Sandra and I hung out, and I think Russell and Paula hung out, I think for another hour to help another church that came in because some of their people were sick. So we hung out a little bit longer, and that church is five times bigger than we are. So I'm walking around, yeah, we did pretty good today. You know, but it was fun. I mean, when we went there, we had fun, didn't we? We worked together, and we got the job done, and the camp raised over almost $3,000 for scholarships, for kids who don't go to a church but wants to come to camp. And we can pay for their week of camp to know who God is. Then the Gallup poll discovered that 50% of all church members, one half, have no interest in serving in personal ministry whatsoever. No matter how much the church asks, no matter how much the church may have promoted, no matter how much of the need was there, half of its members in the church today want to remain spectators. We would just as soon sit in a crowd and watch what everybody else does. And the part that is hard, I think, for churches and for leaders and for those doing the job, is just like you go to, just go to a basketball game and listen to all the spectators Tell everybody on the floor what they're doing wrong. Doesn't take very long. And that's what's happening in our churches today. And we need to overcome these things. There are some people who will say, I don't feel led to get involved. Have you heard anybody say that? I just don't feel led to get involved in any kind of ministry in the church. There's a technical term, there's a Greek word for that. It's simply poppycock. Okay? That's garbage. Okay? There's no way that if we are Christian, that we don't feel led into ministry. And if we don't feel led into ministry, catch this, we're not listening to God. You're not listening to what God has for you. You're not listening to what God wants you to be doing in your life. But here's the good news. If the Gallup poll people are right, that means 40% of the American Christians have an interest in ministry. That's 40%. But maybe you've never been asked. Never, maybe you've never known how to get involved. We're taking care of that this morning. Through the sermon, through the ministry fair, we're going to feed you. We're going to give you all this stuff. 
And we just hope that maybe you get interested in something to help the ministry that God is giving to us get off the ground just a little bit better. So many times, and I will agree, it's good to go to church. It's good to worship. It's good to be in Sunday school. It's good to be in a Bible study. It's good to do all those things. But get this. At some point or another, you got to stop taking everything in and you start giving out. You got to start giving. You said one thing to start eating everything, but what happens if you just sit and eat everything? We get overweight, we get lazy, and we just want to sleep all the time. Okay? So we got to start doing what God wants us to do. If God's church would mobilize just that 40% who want to get involved in ministry but who aren't, can you imagine for a moment the impact the church would have on our health, on our growth? That would be five times the number of Christians out there trying to make a difference for God. Think about that. We complain about the world. We complain about what's going on, yet we sit in our buildings, we sit in our pews, and we do nothing about it. Imagine what would change. How cool would that be? Maybe ministry is a bad word. Maybe it's too churchy, right? You know, we don't want to be involved in ministry because that means I've got to do more things. But it's really not all that churchy of a word. The word ministry simply means, in translated into Greek, diakonos, which means deacon or deaconess. A deacon and deaconess translated is servant. It means that we're just serving other people. So the Greek, it's deacon, the Latin, it's minister. We've translated it into servant. That's all it means, is we are servants of our Heavenly Father. In your outline, it says this, ministry is simply service. It simply means we're serving. It means ministry is using whatever God has given to me to serve him, to serve his children, to serve in what he wants us to do. It's simply serving God and serving God's children. I want you to understand this. We need to grab onto this wholeheartedly. God made you. He created you, created us, to be a minister. Do you believe that? Do you believe that, or am I just standing here lying to you this morning? You know, just giving a bunch of flowery stuff. Two verses very quickly, Ephesians 2.10, catch what Paul says. Paul says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus Catch what he says. So that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He created us to do these things. I like the way the message, Eugene Peterson's translation says it. He says, God creates each of us by Christ to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. I kind of like that kind of gives an urgency to it, doesn't it? The work we had better be doing. Folks, every one of us was created by God for a purpose. God created us for a reason, and we will never all be all that we can be if we don't do what God desires. 
We will never experience the joy God has for us or the joy God meant for us if we don't start doing what God wants us to do. Here's the second verse, 1 Peter 4.10. It says, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. He says, manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. So the things God has given to us, the gifts, the talents, that we use those so that those gifts can be passed through us. The fact is, I'm not the one asking you to find your ministry niche here, okay? I'm just the messenger. Get that. God is telling us and asking us to do these things. I'm just trying to relay his wishes for us today. You see, Christians who aren't serving... A Christian who isn't ministering is a contradiction in terms. Because God created us for ministry. God created each of us to do ministry. And God has given every one of us something we can use to serve our brothers and our sisters. Somehow, some way. So we're not supposed to wait for someone to beg us to get involved. We're not supposed to wait for someone's approval to get involved. We are called and we are equipped by God to do these things. And here's the scary part. Okay, please hear this. It's God who does the calling. It is God who gives us the gifts. But we have to understand that one day God is going to hold us accountable for the gifts that God has given to us and if we're using them or not. Okay, put that in the back of your mind just for a while. That we're going to be held accountable for this. Someday God's going to ask us, what did you do with the gifts that I entrusted you with? Did you use them? Did you put them into practice? Or were you like the guy who buried them in the field and said, I'm going to let them be safe there? Folks, this is important, really important stuff. Listen to what the Bible says in Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12. It says, Christ gave gifts to the church. Okay? Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. And it says their responsibility in this is to equip God's people. Is to equip you to do service for him. So that we can build up the church. So that we can get people to know who Jesus Christ is who aren't already here. And this pretty much says what God thinks my job is as minister and what your job is supposed to be. Okay, my job and the leader's job is to equip you to do the work that God has given to us. I don't know if there's anything more important in the vitality of the church than this. For you see, the more people we have engaged in ministry, in your outline it says this, the more powerfully God will be able to use West Liberty Church of Christ. Think about that, how more powerfully God can use this church you know the church that stands on the hill i hear everybody says the big church on the hill you know this church and how you can use us to make a difference in somebody's life here's what i want to do this morning get very practical i'm not sure if it's actually going to be preaching or teaching it doesn't make any difference but i want you to see what paul says in romans It's one you've probably heard many, many times. But I want to look at it, looking for some clues about discovering our ministry, doing what God wants us to do. So if you have your Bibles, Romans 12.1, we read it earlier. Catch what Paul says. 
says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, he says, I plead with you. He says, I beg you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. In other words, the kind he'll accept. When you think of what he has done for you, is that too much to ask? I mean, God gave his son to die for us on the cross, brutally died on the cross for our sins, asking us to do ministry, asking us to serve. Is that too much to ask? And this is where our service starts. This is where ministry starts for each and every one of us. It starts by handing ourselves over to God wholeheartedly. It starts with a decision, number one, that we are going to try to be what God wants us to be. In other words, we're going to start doing things differently in our lives to be who God wants me to be. You see, I can't tell you individually what God wants you to do specifically. I can help. I'll talk with you. But I can't tell you specifically. So number one, we're going to try to be what God wants us to be. Number two, that we're going to try to do what God wants us to do. Catch what I say. We're going to try. It may take time. It may take effort. It may take a lot for us to do these things. So understand, ministry starts with a decision that I want to follow God's will for my life, not my own. It means I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to start listening to God and stop listening to the world. I'm going to start listening to God and not what I desire. It's about what God wants. And my question for that is simply this. Are we willing to do that? I mean, are we really willing to do this? It's something God really desires of us to give ourselves to God as a living and holy sacrifice. When you think about what he did for us, I don't think this is too much to ask. Then he says this in verse 2 of Romans chapter 12. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Catch this, by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. What Paul is trying to tell us is this. Paul is trying to give us a new perspective about life. He's trying to give us a new perspective about his will and about this world. What God wants to do is change the way we think, change the way we act. God wants to give us a new set of priorities in our life. Are we willing to do that? Are we even willing to think about doing that for our life? Here's the next step. If you're going to serve God, if we're going to minister, you have to have some different priorities. And that's for all of us. That's for each and every one of us. You see, you can't be so busy with activities of this world that you have no time left for ministry. Some people can't get involved with ministry because they simply have no time left for it. We don't have time left for church things, to reach out to other people, to help our neighbors, to help our friends, because we just don't have the time. And please understand, I was in the factory I only for only 14 months I understand long work weeks. I understand 12-hour shifts. I understand that. I understand there's some weeks, some days, we just don't have the energy. Okay? I'm not saying this has to be a weekly thing that we're doing. 
but it means we have this ministry attitude. This means we're willing to give up some other things to be able to do what God is calling us to do, to help other people. You see, after dedication to ministry comes elimination for ministry. If we're serious about serving God, if we're serious about doing what God wants us to do, we simply can't keep adding and adding things without cutting things out. You know, so sometimes I'll be wanting to do something. I'm thinking, well, I've got all this to do. I don't really want to start this because I've got all this, but I'm thinking I could cut this out to do this. And that's, we talked about that several months ago about what's better. You know, this may be good, but there's something better for us that God has in store for us. Are we willing to do it? The next piece is in Romans chapter 12, 3. The Phillips translation puts it this way. He says, don't cherish exaggerated ideas of yourself or your importance, but try to have the same estimate of your capabilities by the light of the faith that God has given to you all. So here's the first, third, third thing, I'm sorry. After dedicating myself to service, I'm going to evaluate the things in my life. So the third thing is this. I have to evaluate honestly where God can use me. I have to do it honestly. It's between me and God. We've got to ask God, okay, God, where do you want me? What has God given me the ability to do? What has God gifted me the ability to do? And that's where I want to focus here in just a few minutes on our shape. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But we have to evaluate. And one area that we have to look at is don't put ourselves higher than we really need to be. Sometimes we don't think mowing the yard is all that great of a thing. Sometimes we don't think pulling weeds is all that great of a thing. Sometimes we don't think a lot of those things are worthwhile. But folks, you never know what you're going to do. When I was at Hayworth and we were remodeling, I had a new family come, move into town, and they just happened to stop by the church. They wanted to talk to the preachers, talk about the church. Well, we were remodeling. We were in insulation. It was 90 degrees outside, no air conditioning in the building. Secretary said, he's in there working. So they came in, found me all sweaty, all dirty, and everything. And they decided to join the church because the preacher was willing to get dirty and get their hands, his hands dirty. Who would have thought dealing with insulation would do that? You know, you never know what God has for us. The fourth piece, Romans 4 and 5, chapter, or verses 4 and 5. Paul says, just as your bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're all parts of one body, and each of us have different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us, and each of the needs of all the others. Again, this is important here. Ministry is not something we need to do alone. It's not something we do in isolation. That's why it's fun to do things in groups. When we're plugged into the body, when we're part of this body, if our ministry is going to work the way God wants it to work, when you study these verses, it comes up with some extremely important truths. And here's number one. Every member is a minister. Every one of us is a minister. Every one of us. Every one of us is called to serve. And I know maybe we don't like the name, but that's what we are. I shouldn't be the only one with the title minister. Because we all are. We all are called to do this. Number two Every member has a different function. It tells us that. We're all part of the same body, but we all have different functions in this. No two of us are alike. And aren't you glad about that? 
I mean, aren't you glad you're not like somebody else? You're your own person. So none of our ministries is going to be exactly the same ministry as anyone else's. It's going to be different. We're going to accomplish it a different way. It's all good. Number three, every member's ministry is important. Now, I don't know about you, but I like the parts of my body that I have. I like both arms, both hands, both legs, both feet. I like having the heart. If I didn't have the heart, <laughs> I'm in trouble, you know, physically and spiritually. So understand, all of them are important. Some people's ministries are visible. Some are not. But understand, they're all important. Number four, every member belongs to all the others. I want you to notice something when you go into Fellowship Hall after a while. There's seven different tables, right? Seven different tables. Manned by different people doing different functions. But what's one common thing? They're all part of the same body. Each one is important. Each one has a function. Each one is serving God. They're all working together. And it's, everything is to benefit, yes, us, but it's also to benefit the world. Here's the last piece from Romans 12, 6 through 8. Please understand this. God has given you the ability. Please understand that. Listen to what he says. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Okay? It says it right there. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, he's saying do it. Speak out when you have faith that God is speaking through you. If your gift is serving others, do it. Serve them well. If you are a teacher, do it. Do a good job of teaching, he says. If your gift is to encourage others, do it. If you have money, share it generously. If God has given you leadership ability, use it. He actually says, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You have given yourself, I hope this morning, you've thought about it and you're working your way towards giving yourself to God for ministry. Maybe we're thinking about making ministry, serving a priority. Maybe you're just now starting to evaluate what God wants you to do, and that might take a few more days or a few more weeks. But I hope this morning we realize the importance of our ministry to our brothers and sisters. So I simply have this to say, so do it. Just do it. Don't wait to be begged. Don't wait for the perfect opportunity. Don't wait for anything, just like the Nike slogan, which I don't like Nike much anymore, but just do it. Paul says, if it's serving, do it. If it's gift of teaching, do it. If it's encouraging, do it. If it's sharing, do it. If it's leading, do it. Just do it. Because God has given us that idea and that talent and those gifts. So let me just say, if you're interested, if you're willing, how do we get started? I'm going to suggest that you look back at our lives. Look back at what we've done. And there's two kind of ideas, and there's no biblical support for this. But I think we have our primary uh, specific gifts, and we have our secondary purpose. Primary purpose, secondary purpose. The primary purpose is determined by how we are shaped, okay? So just real quickly, take that word shaped, S-H-A-P-E. I should have put this in your outline, but I didn't find it till later, so we're all good. S is our spiritual gifts. That's kind of where we all kind of focus and everything, which is good. It's biblical. But the H stands for our heart. What breaks our heart? For God. Things we do 
And I want you to know, sometimes God gives us a heart to do something, and it may not be fun, but who says ministry serving is always fun? And that's okay. Or A, how about our abilities? Our God-given abilities, those skills to serve God with? We have those abilities. How about P, is our personality? What is our personality? What does it say that we can do? I know there's some people in our churches all over the world today that are just so bubbly and so you want to slap them some days. They're so happy all the time. But then you have the other people that have prune juice and a lemon chaser every morning to get their day started. And it's like, okay, what's our personality really? You know, what does God want from us? And then E is our experiences. We all have experienced different things in our life, some good, some bad some tragic, some heartbreaking. But I guarantee you all those experiences God has given to us have shaped us into being able to help somebody else in times of difficulty, times of heartache, times of encouragement. Because that's where we can say, you know what? Been there, done that. And sometimes you don't have to say it, just putting your arms around somebody makes all the difference in the world. Then our secondary ministry goes out of our needs for our family, our physical family and our spiritual family. Sometimes we do things for each other that just simply need to be done, not because we're particularly good at it, but because we see the needs. Sometimes we serve in areas where we're not particularly gifted, but our family needs help, so we do it, even if it's not our giftedness, but we still accomplish it. Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things God works for the good to those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. That we've been called according to his purpose. So let me ask you, what are some of those things that we have? And as we start to close, I want you to think about what I asked you to think about earlier. That God is going to hold us accountable for the gifts he has given to us. And if we are using those gifts, the first question I want to ask you as we close is simply this. Have we bent our knees to Jesus? I mean, have we come before him? Have we given our hearts to him, our lives to him? Are we willing to follow him, serve him, obey him, and truly what he wants from us? And question number two, did you become what he made you to become? Are we the people he meant for us to be? And if not, what excuse are we going to give God one day when we stand before Jesus in his nail-pierced hands and he says, what reason can you give me for not discovering and using the gifts I gave you? What are you going to say to Jesus when we get there one day and he says, what did you do for me? Well, I sat in church every Sunday. I went to Sunday school every Sunday. He says, well, what about that hungry kid? What about that poor person? What about that family? And you're going to say, what about them? And he's going to say, every one of those people were my children. And he's going to hold us accountable for that. So I want you to understand there's so many people in the world today, and I would even say a lot of people in our churches today who fear death. Folks, don't fear death. I mean, that's not something we as Christians should do. If we are believers in Jesus Christ, we've given our lives to him, death is the doorway to heaven. It's what we want. So last thing in your outline simply says this, instead of fearing death, fear a wasted life. Why? Because you were not made to be spectators. You're part of a team. You were made to play. And I'm just simply asking us to find our position 
Why? Because God has shaped you to make a difference. God has shaped us to serve. Real life comes from being what God made you to be, from doing what God made you to do. Understand, I know all this sounds, you know, kind of maybe there's no way you may be thinking that I can do this. There's no way I can do what I think God wants me to do. But I want you to understand, if God has given it to you in a way that he's telling you to serve, to do something, it may not be in this church. It may be doing something else. Man, just try it and see what God can do through us. Like I said last Sunday, all this starts with us giving ourselves to God. We said it today. That first and foremost, we've got to give ourselves wholeheartedly to God, give it over to him. We stop worrying about what the world thinks, and we start doing what God wants in our life. That all those priorities we have, the world keeps throwing on us. We say, I'm going to get rid of some of that garbage so I can do what God wants. Right here, right now, as we sing this invitation to him, I want to be just between us and God, saying, God, where are you going to lead me? God, where do you want me to go? God, what do you want me to do? And we truly and honestly start listening to God's voice. Listening to the whisper. And it may be something in your life where you see it and it just breaks your heart. And you say, you know what? I've got to do something about that. I've got to do something. And that's what starts that fire. 